This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today. Good afternoon, folks. This is your friend Dennis Connor coming to you courtesy of the Specialty Produce Podcast Network and the Harrington Brothers. Very nice of you to go to all this effort to allow me to have a few ch- chats with my friends and uh, very much appreciated, Roger especially. So today we're going to focus on the uh, Southern Ocean. It's their time to shine. We've got the uh, Volvo race headed that, in that direction and of course the all the interest is focused on Auckland, New Zealand and the America's Cup. What's going on there? And then, of course, the uh, Sydney Hobart race starts in a month. So lots of things going on down in the uh, Australia, New Zealand uh, racing a- area. I think that uh, most of you are aware now, if you're not, you should be, that the uh, New Zealand uh, and Prada folks, the uh, people making the decision on the next America's Cup, have decided on a radical new boat. We, we knew that there was gonna, had to be something special, and boy, they didn't let us down. We knew there was some uh, concern as to uh, the depth of the harbor because the folks in New Zealand didn't want the dredging of the Waimata Harbor to uh, extend out and, and uh, fill their harbor up. So I was always wondering what happened with the uh, 70-foot-wide boat and uh, no keel. Well, we didn't get the 75-boat but we got one with no keel. So this new boat is just the, uh, it looks to me like a praying mantis or a big daddy long leg spider uh, with, with the uh, wings out extended on a curved fashion, much like an S. And of course the foils on the bottom, they stick out of uh, approximately a midship, just half of the midship, probably the, where the maximum riding moment is. And they stick out uh uh, with with foils, I'm sure the foils will be adjustable. We haven't seen any of those announcements yet. But, uh, boy, you talk about an engineering uh, nightmare or at least an opportunity, I should, probably should say, an uh, opportunity for the design team, the engineering team, the building team. This is just what the uh, folks uh, involved with the new boat were dreaming of. So they'll be uh, tremendously complex in the building and the operating of the, uh, of this system. My friend Roger Harrington said, well, you know, this is just prone to uh, uh, establish breakdowns. Well, you know, breakdowns are part of racing. And if you're going to have a sophisticated system like this and you're going to break down, you're you're running uh, the risk of losing the race. So not only does it have to be tremendously complex, and and, uh, but it has to be totally reliable, which is saying a lot. The one thing we don't really know yet, or at least I'm not aware of, they probably have an idea – is the parameters of the design. So, and those are due out in, in February. But in the meantime, the entry for entering the America's Cup is before then. So how do you enter a race when you don't know the design? Well, I, I think that this, is, uh, this concept is, is easy to uh, see. But the actual rules, how wide, how deep, how many uh, appendages are they going to be able to move? Are the foils going to be moving? 
And uh, are they going to be done hydraulically or with uh, human power? You know, they could have sailed that whole last America's Cup with only two people. The, the guys were just on there for, for uh, Gary Jobson to say they're really trying hard. Look at them go. They didn't need that. A 30-horsepower hydraulic motor would have accomplished all that. And I'm wondering uh, if they'll use the uh, modern uh, uses of uh, providing hydraulic power in this new boat. We're going to just uh, have to hold our pants up and uh, hold our britches and wait and see uh, what they announce here in, oh, I'm guessing it, two, three months. They're not going to be in any rush. I don't think they really want to have a whole lot of competitors in this event. They're going to limit this to very, very high uh, caliber teams, teams that are going to be uh, extremely well financed. Imagine the costs involved of uh, making a 75-foot boat. I'm not sure how wide it is, but the boat looks to me like if you just see the hull sitting there in the water, it it looks to be 10 or 12 feet wide to me, and then you add these wings – another 12 or 15 feet out on either side, you know, we, we could be talking about a boat that's uh, 40 feet wide. So just uh, tying it up will be a challenge. And what do you do with the wings? You leave them down or do you uh, pull them up out of the water so you can work at them? Well, they have to be out of the water. So the, the uh, bursts are going to be tremendous and the logistics of working on these boats. Imagine pulling them in and out of the water. And this is the end of this uh, circus that basically Tom Eamon created in 1992 by getting everyone excited about going to all the different possible uh, contenders' venues. So as we did last uh, America's Cup, you know, we were uh, saw events over in uh, Great Britain there with Sir Ben Amesley. We saw him in France. We saw him in Sweden. We saw him uh, trucking all around Europe and, of course, Bermuda. I think that that's pretty much uh, going to be over. And I think by design, they're going to keep these boats, once they're built, right there in in Auckland, which is a good, of course, very smart economic policy because everybody that uh, will have to train there. So you're going to have uh, people training in their country of, of, of origin. The boat still has to be built, as far as I know, in, in the uh, country of the Challengers. So... The American boat will have to be uh, built uh, – well, we haven't seen the rules again, but I don't think Southern Spar is going to be building this whole boat in mass as uh, they did for the New Zealand team in in the last event. So it will be interesting to see the specs. The, the big thing I'm sure that the people at North are – North and uh, Sobstead, Terry Hutchinson, are going to be uh, wondering about what about the sail plan. The uh, North folks, they didn't make out too well – Financially, in the last cup, because there the, the, there were no real downwind sails, so you build a couple different size jibs and a, a, a wing ma- a mainsail. Well, where where's the profit for North in that? So sure, the event brought together some uh, half a dozen new J boats, and the fo- uh, folks uh, spent a tremendous amount of money racing with forty p- people in the J boats and those uh, huge sails, but it didn't come from the cup I- itself. And I'm wondering again, uh, where are the, where are the uh, multiple sales that everybody at the, in the sail making business was hoping to see out of this event? I'm, I suspect that if they go as advertised, these boats are going to go pretty much the same speed as the America's Cup 50 foot catamaran. So you could see speeds of uh, high teens upwind and a good breeze that's going to be sailed out there in the Rocky Gulf, much like 
where the team New Zealanders uh, practiced for for years and where they had the America's Cup last time, you know, four or five uh, miles right from uh, beautiful downtown Auckland, which fantastic, fantastic place to go. The people are wonderful. And the, for those of you that go down there to see this event, you won't be uh, sorry. So the event will be out there in the Rocky Gulf, relatively smooth water. And I, I think that uh, the apparent wind will be uh, so far forward when you're going 40 knots downwind. Forget about an A-sail or uh, any downwind spinnaker. You might have bigger jibs. Uh, they're going to have to do something to uh, make, make the crowd excited about some crew work. So uh, they were originally talking about 10, 11 folks on these boats. Uh, I, I wonder uh, what they're going to all be doing if uh, all you have to do is provide hy- hydraulic power and uh, trim, the, trim the main. Uh, of course, uh, the wing, uh, sail, whatever they come up with, we haven't seen that yet. But they'll have to uh, be trimming that again, again uh, hydraulically. So what are all these folks going to be doing? Well, one thing they're going to be doing is they're going to be worried about tipping over because if you don't have one of those uh, foils down, the, the lured foil where you have pressure, what's going to uh, keep you right side up? So all you need is a little failure here. You make a crash jibe or a, uh, uh, you backwind the jib when you're trying to clear the kelp or, or make sure there's no, nothing on your appendages. If you get on the wrong side and one of those uh, wing slash foils is up and the boat goes over, these boats are going to capsize. They're, these boats will capsize. I, I just don't see how, what's going to, where is the riding moment to keep a 100-foot uh, mass on a 75-foot uh, sloop upright? So they'll have to come up with some method of uh, tipping these boats over safely so that the guys don't get trapped underneath, like the sad incident we had in San Francisco or I was just talking to uh, Peter Eisler. He sailed with me in the hot rum race. And, of course, he, he was aboard Jim Clark's boat when it uh, turtled in the fastnet race. And, boy, that was scary. And so uh, I'm sure that they'll have the safety concerns involved here. They'll have the safety teams with his, uh, aqualungs and the, the divers following these boats around because the last thing they need is to uh, ha- have a bad accident that uh, – will in, inhibit the uh, the rules and, and the viewing and turn folks off. So there'll, there'll uh, be some safety concerns. I don't know enough about the boats having just had the same glimpse of these that uh, you all have uh, seen in the last three or four days uh, on the media and the video that uh, Grant Dalton has put out with the help of uh, his Prada PR people. But, uh, boy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... It's going to really be something. It's going to really be something. We know that the costs involved are going to be horrific. Well, n- horrific if you're Dennis Conner uh, or a low-budget syndicate. But So unless you're uh, Rich DeVos, a billionaire, or you're Prada, a billionaire, or you have the backing of a whole government like uh, Team New Zealand with the help of uh, Emirates and, and uh, Toyota, these boats are going to be expensive. Just uh, just think of the design and construction alone, and then think think again. We haven't seen the mast, but you know the the mast and uh, sail. If they come, will be uh, several million dollars a copy, they'll they'll have to have as many as allowed by the rules. But there'll be uh, several different prototypes and comings of the mast and sail. So you're talking a, a budget here, a 
at least $100 million, it could be $150 million, which, uh, of course, a tremendous amount of money to the regular folks in sailing. But I guess if uh, you're a B and you have nothing better to do and you want to compete at the top level, uh, this is uh, just the, the price you pay to enter. So where where do we stand uh, with the America's Cup folks now? Well, Terry Hutchinson and the uh, New York Yacht Club team have a huge head start. They hired a great designer. Of course, Terry himself knows the game, having uh, been uh, around in it for uh, twenty for dozens of years. I'm not sure how long, but a long time. He sailed with us in the America's Cup in, in Auckland on Stars and Stripes. He's a great guy, very well organized, honest competitor, and uh, he's a great guy to lead that team, and he's no dummy. So in addition to uh, hiring a great uh, designer, he just uh, announced, uh, I don't know if it's even announced yet, but I hear through the rumor control that uh, the uh, New Zealand helmsman, Dean Barker, is going to sail for the Americans. So Flash, Dean Barker, the helmsman of uh, the New Zealand uh, boat and then the, I guess, uh, Japanese boat last time, is going to be now an American. So he'll get around the residency rule somehow. He'll get a uh, green card or he'll, I don't know uh, who he's married to, but if he's not married to an American, he'll marry an American. They'll get around the residency rule somehow and then Dean don't be surprised if you see a big press release with uh, Dean Barker signed up to be the helmsman of the, of the U.S. boats. And this is quite a coup. He, he's a world-class uh, America's Cup skipper. He know, he's very experienced. He's on the same par with uh, James Spittle. They, they're both young guys, very talented, aggressive. They know the rules. They're in good shape physically. Mentally, they're very strong. And uh, until I see who these other skippers are right now, this gives uh, the Americans and the New York Yacht Club a huge head up. First of all, they have the money. We, we've been through this. Without the money, you can't go anywhere. The best sailor in the world can't win without a good boat and team. So Terry Hutchinson's in the process of putting a dynamic team together. Got You got the money. He uh, has the experience to lead this team. The best designer, or certainly one of the top best uh, designers in the world at this point, and now Dean Barker. Uh, Morgan Trugovich is uh, uh, working on getting his green card, so he'll be there. He's been a long-time member of Terry Hutchinson's team in the uh, in the Transpac 52s. So uh, at this point, the Americans are out to a flying start. They have a huge advantage as far as the challengers. Now, the defenders, we don't, they're, as we know, tremendously, tremendously creative group, uh, a smart group of folks. So they, ha- they already know what the boat is. They already know what the spar is. You know that one thing that uh, Southern Spars and uh, the folks at North, they're over there figuring out what kind of mass and spar to build already is giving them a big advantage. And, of course, Southern Spars with the great facility and the technology, the, the know-how, the drive and the energy at Southern Spars is tremendous, and uh, they're right there in uh, in Auckland. So this is going to give the defending team the little edge they need to try to keep this uh, cup there. And, of course, uh, don't forget, they're still making the rules. He who has the gold makes the rules. So 
we haven't uh, seen the end of this, um, you won't say manipulation of the rules, but the creation of the rules that will certainly uh, uh, go a long way towards helping the New Zealanders uh, keep this cup. They don't want to make that same mistake they did last time where uh, they have the cup there for four or five years and it was a, a, a great boon to the to the harbor and to the economy and to the real estate and the merchants, the casino, the government. Uh, they don't want to see this thing come and go like it did last time. So they're going to, they're gonna, uh, let's just say this, make the rules as uh, much as le- legally possible to, to favor the, uh, the, the defender. So stand by. You know, Christmas is here, and the, the, uh, the folks will be working over the holiday. And in the meantime, guess what else goes on at Christmas? Well, the Sydney Hobart race. The classic of all classics coming up here on Boxer Day, I think November, I mean, December 26th. And uh, the folks down there are really uh, getting primed up for this one. I know that uh, Jim Clark has chartered the Comanche to Neville Crichton, who is just a tremendous competitor. He used to live right there in the, in the uh, bay next to the uh, Valcluse Yacht Club. He loves Sydney. And he has uh, made arrangements for a great crew to go aboard Comanche. He's uh, he, he's got uh, a, a great uh, weather guy signed up and clouds, and uh, he's got uh, James Spithill and uh, some of his cronies uh, down there headed to uh, uh, Sydney to practice for a month. Can you imagine practicing a month for the Sydney Hobart race? Out there every day, work on your sails, your spars, what sail to have up when, where do the jib lead go, what happens when it's winding, how do we reef, how are we going to get this sail down, blah, blah. They're going to work on this for a month. So the pay, just think of the payroll for 20 folks out there on a 100-foot boat uh, developing the sails and the, uh, getting ready for the start of the, the classic race uh, left, the Sydney Hobart race, in uh, just just about a month now, folks. So. Stay tuned for the uh, Sydney Hobart. It's going to be a very competitive event, three or four or five hundred footers. And uh, uh, my, my money's uh, with Neville Crichton and the Comanche this year because uh, James Spittle, he's hungry for a victory. He'll be down there pushing the crew hard. And uh, by the way, speaking of James Spittle, where is he going to go? Because uh, I don't think he's been signed up. We have a strange bit of silence from Larry Ellison. We certainly haven't heard from SoftBank, but you know that uh, I can tell you personally, James Spittle's my neighbor. We've had a little chat, and he likes the idea of uh, winning that cup like he did. He didn't like it, losing it all. He's extremely, extremely competitive guy. You want to find out how competitive he is, get in the boxing ring with him. He'll kick your butt. So he, he, he didn't like losing. He knows he could have done better, and he's stung by that loss. And he wants to win this cup back again in the worst way. So very, very highly motivated. And he would make a wonderful uh, skipper for an effort that has a chance to win. I, I doubt if he's just going to sign up for a, a, any old willy-nilly campaign that's just out there for the guys to make money, like so many of them are right now, for their payroll, uh, for their crew, their, their crew and uh, design team and uh, so, support facilities. So it'll be interesting as uh, we move into the new year. How will James and Comanche do, and uh, what will the decisions be uh, on the uh, new boat 
how wide, how deep, how high, the, the spire sails. Everybody's going to be standing by on, uh, I won't say pins and needles, because the big announcement, of course, was the, this new boat. So I want to wish you all a wonderful uh, holiday season, a, a great Christmas. Enjoy the Sydney Hobart race. Everybody be safe and around the world. And uh, I'll try to bring you uh, a, a bit more on this update as I, as I can. Maybe we'll get to Peter Eisler and James Spittle in here to say hi to you all. So thanks again for listening. Don't forget, Specialty Produce podcast. Got to support Specialty Produce. Thank you, and have a great holiday.